breaking news from KXAN News. PCSO has an inmate that's running away from him. He's going to have an inmate uniform, black and white standard. Breaking news tonight at 5 out of Austin tonight. Accused murderer Caitlin Armstrong, who once fled the country when authorities were searching for her, is now back in custody tonight after attempting to escape once again. This time from Travis County Sheriff's deputies earlier today. We have team coverage of this developing story. Our Jayla Washington has been working to find out what rules jails must follow when it comes to moving around inmates. But first we have our Avery Travis in South Austin walking us through what exactly happened, Avery. We're told Caitlin Armstrong was leaving a doctor's appointment here at this medical office building when she ran from two Travis County Corrections officers, leading them on a chase through a neighborhood here in South Austin. Now, this is in the area near Ben White off South 2nd Street. We're told she made it about a block and a half on foot with those corrections officers chasing her before she was able to be apprehended. Those officers did catch up and apprehend her before that happened though uh, radio traffic indicates that they had called for air and even canine backup. We know APD was also called in to try to assist. It indicates a pretty chaotic scene for about 10 minutes here. Now keep in mind, Caitlin Armstrong was expected to potentially appear in court in just a couple of weeks. A murder trial scheduled for the case that she is accused in as she is accused of the murder of a well-known cyclist, Mariah Wilson, Mo Wilson. This was last summer. Uh, now, we do want to let you know that um, we are, are definitely asking Travis County Sheriff's Office uh, if they were aware of, of uh, protocols that should be in place since she had previously attempted to flee. You'll remember last summer, officers questioned Armstrong, did not make an arrest after Wilson's murder, but after her arrest warrant was issued a few days later, they discovered she had fled the country. She was on the run for about a month, police tell us, before being apprehended at a Costa Rica hotel in June of 2022 and brought back here to the United States. Now, the Travis County Sheriff's Office tells us they make all of their transport officers aware of the event history and the criminal history of the folks that they are transporting, but this incident may give them pause and, and may allow them to make some changes in the future. Take a listen. Anytime we have a situation that's out of the ordinary, we go back and look at every single detail to see if this was done differently, might the outcome have been different? What about this? What about that? And we learn. We learn from every single one of them and we implement new procedures and policies based on them. We're told Caitlin Armstrong was taken to a hospital to be checked out for any injuries after this incident and then was returned to a Travis County Correctional Complex. We also know that she will likely be facing more charges from this incident. We're still not sure what those are going to be, but we'll keep you updated and we'll be following this here from South Austin coming up on KXAN at six as well. I'll send it back to you all in the studio. All right, Avery, thank you very much. And of course, there is a state oversight rules and recommendations in place to prevent things like this from happening. Our Jayla Washington picks up the story from here. She's joining us live in studio with this in-depth look. Jayla? Hey, uh, yeah, well, the Texas Commission on Jail Standards, or TCJS, is the oversight agency for all jails. But what's interesting is once an inmate is outside of a county jail itself, meaning off of that secured property, TCJS says it does not have much of a say on protocols that need to be followed. 
I just spoke with the executive director of the Commission on Jail Standards, and he says policies on how people are transported are set on the local level. He admits it sort of creates a gray area. Travis County says it did follow its own protocols, but wouldn't talk about specifics for security reasons, but did tell us that those protocols are switched up depending on what sort of medical issue an inmate is dealing with. TCJS does have a section on its website where facilities can report escapes, and it says it still can make recommendations for all jails when it comes to medical transports. Staff needs to be trained uh, in regards to the proper transport of inmates to include use of restraints in ensuring that they are secured. Um, if the individual is a threat to public safety, then definitely recommend that they have more than one officer accompany the inmate. That was the executive director who I spoke with. And coming up on KXAN News at 6, we're going to take a closer look at how common actually inmate escapes are, especially from county jails. And we'll also tell you how many escape incidents at all Texas jails have been experiencing in the past four years. Daniel. All right, Jayla, thank you very much. And don't forget, you can also get the latest updates on this story and so much more on KXAN.com. And coming up tonight at 10 p.m., the possible implications this escape attempt has for Armstrong's upcoming trial, which, of course, is scheduled to start in just a few weeks. Tonight, we know 24 Americans are dead after attacks in Israel. 17 are unaccounted for. Some Americans, however, are returning home from a war-torn Israel. A nursing student at Northeastern University was doing her co-op program in Tel Aviv. She says she's still trying to come to terms with the fact that she was caught up in the middle of this violence. And a family from California, now home, they were forced to seek shelter in a bunker while militants carried out deadly attacks. But many other Americans can't or will never be able to come home. And the fighting is intensifying tonight in the Gaza Strip. President Biden reaffirming U.S. support for Israel today in Washington. And this as House Republicans take a big step toward electing a new speaker. Jay Gray has the latest on the House leadership process and what it means for American support for Israel. In what is, by Washington standards, a surprisingly fast move, House Republicans have agreed, for now, that Louisiana Representative Steve Scalise will move forward as a candidate for speaker. Obviously, we uh, have a very important vote. It's really, really important that this Congress get back to work. We select a speaker, go to the House floor, get to 218, and then get the House working again. With the full House in session, Scalise needs a simple majority to be elected leader. In a secret ballot behind closed doors today, he reportedly had the support of 113 of his Republican peers, which means this legislative tug of war is still far from over. And adding pressure to the politics, for the fifth day now, rockets fill the air between Gaza and Israel, a fight that could soon shift to the ground. With Israeli tank battalions gathering along the border and more than 300,000 soldiers shifting from reserve to active duty. U.S. support growing in the region. American warships and fighter jets now in place in the eastern Mediterranean. The first shipment of American weapons and ammunition landing in Israel overnight. And we now know a team of U.S. military technical experts experienced in hostage recovery are on the ground as advisors with reports of dozens of American hostages in Gaza. This attack uh, was uh, a campaign of pure cruelty. Not just hate, but for cruelty against 
the Jewish people. President Biden meeting this afternoon with Jewish community leaders at the White House, promising continued support. But additional funding and resources won't come without congressional approval. And that can't happen until there's a new Speaker of the House. Jay Gray, NBC News, Washington. And most on the Hill believe it could take several votes over several days before members agree on a new leader. Lester Holt continues to report live from Israel. He goes more into how the Iron Dome works in the history of Gaza. That's coming up on NBC Nightly News at 530. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, what a treat with even cooler weather than yesterday. Matter of fact, clouds and periods of light rain and mist kept us at our coolest high temperatures since April 24th, nearly six months ago. Only 71 so far. That's 13 degrees below normal. Those clouds are still in place. You can see on the satellite and radar from Lano and Burnett through Austin and our eastern counties. The rain has pretty much dissipated. And look at this a little clearing working its way in late this afternoon to the western hill country. That clearing is not quite yet to Fredericksburg. Our new Barron's Creek Vineyards cam looking a little ominous. No more rain coming your way, though. 73. Get out and enjoy it while you can. Coming up, I'll show you when this little chance of rain ends. Much warmer temperatures that start tomorrow and also the latest on the Friday front's timing for Austin city limits. Today is National Coming Out Day. How to help a loved one through the process and how things have changed over time. Plus a birth plan thrown out the window. The story of how Austin first responders helped deliver a baby and how medics are trained for this. Well, today is National Coming Out Day and we looked into how times have changed and how people can better support their LGBTQ plus loved ones. Jacob Ray is with GLAAD says coming out looks different for everyone and it takes some time. He says in order for someone to come out, they need to feel like you offer them a safe place. Now he adds that just because today is National Coming Out Day, you don't have to feel you have to come out if you're not ready. You can do it whenever you're comfortable. You can come out whenever you want and whenever you're ready, there is going to be a community that supports you. And we have more tips on how to help a loved one through this process. You can find them under this story at KXAN.com. A new bundle of joy calls Austin home after ATC EMS and Austin fire crews helped deliver a baby girl yesterday. They were dispatched early yesterday morning to Northwest Austin following reports of a pregnant woman having contractions. When they arrived, the woman was in labor. The baby was crowning. It took 10 minutes and the team helped deliver that baby girl. Both mom and baby are doing well. Look how cute she is. It was the medic's first delivery. What a day on the job, right? ATC EMS says they help in about 10 to 15 deliveries per year. All EMTs have training on OB and childbirth. Well, congratulations. Well, medical care just got more electronic. The new apps some first responders are using to get patients some better care. And rain was observed briefly today at Austin Bergstrom International Airport, but it was what we call a trace, not even one one hundredth of an inch. Our annual rainfall deficit remains at about nine inches short of what's typical. Coming up, we've got your first warning forecast with dry weather, but some big swings in temperature. Communications between Williamson County EMS and hospitals have entered the digital age. KXN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with them about a new app that's streamlining communication from paramedics to hospitals. Radios like this are now taking a back seat at Williamson County EMS. Pulsera is something that I first heard about during COVID. Dan Cohen with Williamson County EMS says paramedics will now use this app, Pulsera. Last week, he says field teams started using the app to talk with hospitals they're heading to. 
to help plan more efficient strategies. Cohen says the agency has been training with the app, but in a smaller scale. Over the last year, in training our folks to use it, is to have our people be able to contact our medical director in case they have any questions about a really specific case. Cohen says the app lets information like the patient's name, condition, even pictures of injuries stay where paramedics and the hospital can see it. Before, that info could be lost over radio waves. How will people's information be protected? Yep. So um, this is all completely encrypted information, um, and it's hosted on very secure uh, servers. Corey Ricketson with Pulsera says the trauma service area that Williamson County is in voted to adopt this new tech, but others are doing the same. We have statewide contracts in Texas, Arkansas, Florida, and we've got several other states that are about to sign as well statewide. Cohen says this is just another tool EMS will have to get patients to the care that they need. In Williamson County, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. Williamson County EMS says this system should be fully implemented by November 1st. And last month, Williamson County EMS expanded resources to Round Rock. They say they've seen a 25% call volume increase over the past two years and a 30% increase over the past five years. Wilco's EMS director says Round Rock is, quote, exploding with growth, highlighting the need for more services. Well, David, you mentioned that trace of rain earlier. I yeah. had to use the windshield wipers. Uh, so same. in my book, and <laughs> mind you, I am no scientist, but in my book, that counts. It's a win. Yeah, for sure. I was walking the dog earlier, and I got a little chill wearing my shorts and a T-shirt. Maybe it is October, <laughs> you're finally. You're such a Texan. Yeah, right, I know. I'm used to 105 now. Uh, there's not much rain out there anymore. Notice on the radar, those little specks of green yeah, there's still a couple, but you know, these radars have trouble picking up that very, very light mist and drizzle. Most of that appears to have wrapped up for the day. 24 hour rainfall amounts where you don't see any color shaded, no rain fell. Hill Country and most of the metro largely dry, but we did see a few light rainfall accumulations from Elroy and Mustang Ridge, southeast Travis County, out toward Bastrop and LaGrange. LaGrange actually doing okay. Our models really nailed this a quarter to a third of an inch in Fayette County and kind of a disappointing rain event elsewhere. Boy, it's really nice, though, to have the cloudy, cooler weather live on top of the Austonian, the tallest HD TV camera in town. It's only 69 degrees this evening. We do have some sun and some warmer weather briefly this evening out in Mason, where it's 80 degrees, 75 in Llano and Kingsland. Cooler, though, under the deck of clouds, only 71 in Wimberley, 69 in Austin, Georgetown, 60s in Florence as well. And very similar weather, much cooler than normal for this time of the year east of the metro area. Pollen count always affected by some light rain. Mold is still low for the time being. Fall elm is actually bumping up slightly into the medium concentration. Hill Country, you guys have a little bit of clearing right now. That will last through the evening. The rest of us, though, have mostly cloudy skies continuing, and we can't rule out a couple little specks on the windshield or on your face as you go out for a walk a little after work this evening. After 9 p.m., though, on the timeline, notice no more green. Rain dries out. We do stay mostly cloudy through morning, but later in the day tomorrow, the sun comes out and warmer winds blow in. That means if you haven't seen any rain yet, you're not going to get much, and we're actually entering another dry period. Seven-day rainfall forecast for the next week, completely dry from west to east. 
There goes this storm system, which brought southeast Texas some much more beneficial rain totals than what we saw. But we've got your first warning on the next system heading our way from the Pacific Northwest. This one, as we mentioned, not bringing rain, but temperatures ramp up in front of it and then ramp back down. Thank goodness behind it. Tomorrow and Friday, we get unseasonably warm. Friday afternoon, we may briefly hit the 90s before that dry front rolls through. Saturday and Sunday, though, temperatures back to below average readings, and it's going to feel absolutely great again at ACL. I can't remember any recent years or even non-recent years when we've had two really pleasant ACL weekends in a row. It will be warm out there Friday until about 3 or 4 p.m. when the front blows in. But look at the weather improve. Sunday, high of 78. That's almost in the top five coolest ACL days in Austin record-keeping history. And on Saturday, I know we've talked a lot about it. We're all excited for the big annular solar eclipse. The view from Austin begins at 1024. The maximum eclipse with kind of this crescent sun effect will happen just before lunchtime. And the partial eclipse ends. Don't forget your special glasses to stare at it. 1.32 p.m. Can't wait to see some great photos out of this as well. Tonight's forecast, mostly cloudy and comfortable with low temperatures down at 63. Tomorrow, talk about a big warm-up, almost 20 degrees warmer than today, not only due to the sun, but a warmer southwest wind getting a little breezy up to 20 miles an hour. 92 on Friday, temperatures get back to an autumn feeling though this weekend and beyond. No real rain in sight, but clouds increase by the middle of next week as a storm system tries to head our way. Not only the cooler days, but look at the nights, five nights in a row in the 50s starting Friday evening. Oh, that's spectacular. Thank you, David. UT is opening a brand new sports arena, but it's not what you may think. The arena to bring gamers in from around the world. Tonight, we continue our reporting from Israel. The Chicago teen and her mother on a family trip here vanished, believed to have been kidnapped by Hamas. We speak to family members here. Also, we take you inside the kibbutz, where the carnage began on Saturday on Nightly News. Also, well, big news on the 40 acres as Texas held a ribbon cutting for its new state-of-the-art eSports arena. Mm-hmm. Nabil Ramada was on hand for the ceremony. We don't know if he played the games <laughs> or not, but he's going to give us a first-hand look. Let's check it out. Well, the Longhorn Underground Union just got a whole lot cooler. Take a look at this. All these gaming systems devoted to students who are here for competitive gaming or just to pass the time. This is the new Alienware Longhorn Esports Arena on campus. It's 3,400 square feet of everything you could want if you're a gamer. Gaming stations, virtual reality systems, and much more. And if you don't want to play the games, well, there's an area you can watch. UT has been talking about this space for years, and now it's a reality. In the future, they could also offer scholarships to gamers. That is in the works. We're just excited now to have gotten this project completed, get the space open and operational for our students, and that's definitely a goal for the future. And, you know, really, this is a place where we can attract new students, we can uh, embrace uh, gaming overall and esports overall. Uh, we can compete and have fun and socialize. And then ultimately, esports is a great way to get people uh, into new career paths. Now, the space will offer both casual and competitive gaming. It will also open up doors for these students to have job opportunities later in life. Back to you. 
it just looks much harder <laughs> than I probably could. Yeah, I couldn't hang with that one. The University of Texas opened a gaming lounge in the facility last year, you might know, and that area does remain open to all students. Well, the pandemic sparked the growth in esports due to people wanting some interaction with others online. That's really when it blew up. According to Statista.com, in 2022, the global esports market was valued at just over $1.38 billion, and it's expected to grow to over $1.8 billion by 2025. Now, Asia and North America have the largest esports markets in terms of revenue, with China responsible for almost one-fifth of the market alone. Don't forget about tonight's Powerball drawing. You have a chance to win an estimated $1.74 billion, and that is the second largest lottery prize in U.S. history. If a winning ticket is sold, the winner or winners can opt for a cash payout of over $756 million. That drawing is coming up tonight at 10. Well, coming up tonight on KXAN, at 7 o'clock, we've got Quantum Leap, followed by Magnum P.I. at 8 o'clock, Chicago Fire at 9, and then we're back at 10.